Well, hi, friends. Welcome to the Uplift Effect podcast. I am Jill, and I am excited this week to be bringing you something that I did back in 2021. Some of you may know that I put on a very, very large Chaos to Calm Parenting Academy Masterclass Series. It was a extremely intensive, extensive, and uh, very broad program that I, I'm so proud of, and I had really, really good feedback. I interviewed 28, well, actually 27. I was the 28th speaker. I interviewed 27 leading experts in the field of family, family trauma, um, different special needs that happen within a family. And the common denominator of all of these conversations, which is the entire purpose of that Chaos to Calm uh, Masterclass series I did, was because it is a program that helps you work through and identify and break generational parenting cycles that we often see happen within family generations. I'm going to share with you today the audio clipping of the 28th uh, video that I just do myself. I speak to the, I had, I don't know, 550 participants <laughs> that was a part of this academy. And I speak to the parents just myself. So it is the audio recording of that. And you will hear me make reference to the 14th day. So what I did is every day I released for two weeks, for 14 days, I released two new videos. And when they were a part of this academy, they got to keep, obviously, all of the um, the each day's videos. So at the end, they had all 28 video interviews. And so it was over 30 hours worth of content. Most of these interviews I did were with authors, speakers, therapists, just incredible, incredible resources. And some of those conversations were I mean, it was all I could do sometimes to get through them. They were so transformational and it was, um, I was just so moved by the generosity and the wisdom and the thoughtfulness and the kindness and just the value of information that these speakers just were giving of themselves. They were not paid anything to do this. I am going to release in February a Chaos to Confidence Parenting Academy. I originally thought that I would name it slightly different, but I changed my mind. It's going to be Chaos to Confidence Parenting Academy. And you're going to hear at the end of this audio clipping, it's unbelievable as I realize just this week when I listen to it again, like I haven't listened to it in a year and a half, that this is a perfect segue to what I believe that we now need as an addendum from that initial masterclass series. And that is getting back in gear and in touch with that confidence. And that's why I'm putting together this mini series because it's not going to be addressing the background of trauma and, and all kinds of other things. It is where I think families are missing from the very, very beginning some fundamental components of what they're doing as a parent that they're just missing that's so similar to the business world that I now do a lot of work in. 
This is applicable for you if you are just now starting a family. This is applicable to you if you are in the throes of raising children and you have elementary or middle school age children. This is applicable to you if you have high school aged children because while I know there are some years of uh, background, it is never too late. And I recognize your teenagers might not like some of the things that you might decide to change. It's never too late and it's never too early. And for those of you who have children that have already um, grown out of the home and have moved on, maybe they're in college and they're kind of back and forth a little bit, maybe they've moved out completely. There are concepts here that are never too late to implement because you are still in relationship with your children. Furthermore, if you were not a part of that Chaos to Calm Parenting Academy, I am going to, in the show notes, link that um, link for you so that you can go and get access to all of those videos. So it just to let you know, it's www.thechaostocom.com. I will link it in the show notes and you can go have access for $67. You can have over 30 hours worth of content available to you. And that was the price that it always was after the early bird special that was just a short term thing. It's always been $67. And I think that is a steal. It doesn't even cover the cost of keeping that program running every month so that you have access to this always. But I feel like that if it doesn't cost you something, my experience is, is that you will not invest in what doesn't cost you something. I have tried it all of the other ways. Uh, despite the, um, Advice that has been given to me of do not give it away for free. I have tried it and they're right. If I give it away for free, you will not be invested in it. It's it's just the way we're wired. So you are getting a steal for $67. I think that it is absolutely worth everything more than that. But I want you to invest in it because you will be dedicated to that in which costs you something. So it's extremely affordable. You get incredible amount of content. And this here at the end, what I do that I'm going to let you hear today is the wrap up session. And I think it's going to bring it all together for you in a way that is extremely important and very valuable and very helpful. So Welcome to the last wrap-up session of the Chaos to Calm Parenting uh, Academy. This is the Masterclass Series, and it is going to be a perfect segue into what I am releasing in February, which is Chaos to Confidence Parenting Mini Academy. So I hope you enjoy it. I, I, I know you will get something from it. Stay tuned to the very end of it, and I believe it will be a blessing for you. Well, I guess it feels silly to introduce myself again, because I feel sure by now you know who I am. But just in case, I am Jill Falling, and I am a grief and trauma therapist. I have spent years working with children and sexual and physical abuse. I have worked um, many years also with families in crisis, and I now own my own company, my own business called The Uplift Effect um, Coaching and Consulting. What business do I own? <laughs> 
<laughs> the Uplift Effect Coaching and Consulting, and I am a parenting coach, and I work with moms predominantly and help them navigate this journey of parenting. And you have made it. Day 14, 28th interview, and you, I feel sure, have been moved, have been filled with hope and encouragement, and I am just I am just so amazed at what the speakers have been willing to share, to give of themselves. And I am, I'm just thrilled to, to be able to be the one to wrap this all up. So let's talk about how this even started. As a parenting coach, um, I began to see some things that reminded me of where this all kind of started for me back when I was working with children and sexual abuse, predominantly with sexual abuse. So here's the background. When I had a child come in that had um, been a victim of sexual abuse, I would very often meet with the parents if they were not the alleged offender. And I very often would meet with the moms and, um, and would interview them and talk to them. And a question that I asked every single time is, do you yourself happen to be a victim of sexual abuse in your background? 100% of the time, the answer was yes. 100%. I never had a mother tell me no. The other thing is, is they would often self-disclose that their mothers were also victims of sexual abuse themselves. The next question I would ask them, have you had any treatment or counseling therapy for that? Most of the time, the answer was no. And as I began to see this uh, common denominator, I became very, very burdened by what I was watching and witnessing. And curious about why is this and what is going on with this patterning of behavior that I was seeing from generation to generation to generation. So I went to my supervisor and I talked to her about it and I was like, I've got to study this. Like I need to understand what is going on and why, I mean, is it just totally coincidental? I mean, I know that this is just a small snippet of kids in the world, but numbers are hard to to argue in this case, like there's something that has to be going on. So I began to do a lot of research and a lot of work with um, this scenario and, and what was going on. And here are some things that I found. When we have a childhood that has some sort of abuse in it, it doesn't have to be sexual abuse, it can be physical abuse, neglect, whatever. Um, what very often happens is that there are imprints that are left inside of who we are that then as we then become a parent, start to play themselves out in ways that we didn't we didn't see before because we had not been a parent. Things weren't triggered because we weren't parenting and suddenly now we're being triggered. Um, I had a lot of mothers say to me that, they couldn't have a conversation with their daughter um, or their son about certain things because it was too triggering for them because of their own upbringing and their background. Here's another thing I noticed. 
There's a radar system, a red flag, a um, an ability to get a sense that does something doesn't feel right. Well, when your boundaries have been violated, that red flag system no longer works the same. It doesn't say to us, something about that doesn't feel right. So I'm not going to actually participate or I'm not going to go, or I'm not going to have my child um, be there. Um, and I'm, we're no longer going to be in relationship with that person. Um, lots of scenarios like that where parents didn't recognize or didn't have a, a, a red flag radar system that would warn them that something about that smelled a little fishy and felt funny. Most of the time, that is a result of what trauma does to us. Trauma leaves imprints. It does affect our ability to see things the way that they may actually be. It affects our ability to feel okay with how things may feel inside. We may dismiss our feeling if something doesn't feel right, or we may have just at a survival mode numbed that out. We have none. And therefore we struggle to make good decisions for our children and for ourselves because of the long lasting lingering effect that comes from something that has not been addressed in our upbringing. I saw this happen all the time. Very often boundaries are a problem. Moms would say, I, I know that boundaries need to be implemented. I don't know what a healthy boundary really looks like. I mean, I've tried, but I don't think that's working. And I mean, rightfully so. They haven't had healthy boundaries modeled. And maybe it wasn't because they were sexually abused or physically abused. Maybe it's because they had an absent parent. Maybe it's because they had an alcoholic parent. Maybe they had a parent that was mentally ill. Maybe they had a parent because of their own abuse were helicopter parents and very controlling. And therefore there were not healthy boundaries because they were over-controlled. And a lot of those types of scenarios, we don't recognize in the time, in the moment and growing up, of course, how they are going to potentially affect our parenting. And when it affects our parenting, it affects oftentimes our relationship with our children. And often that's where the behavior begins to start to surface. Remember in a lot of these interviews, people have said children are often the presenting problem, but they're not the problem. Well, here's the reality. Our children are reactionary beings. They are just reactionary. And us as adults, we have to learn to move out of reactionary behavior and into response, logical response to things. And that is a process that a lot of people do not learn because they're in survival mode as children. 
But children give us an indication as to what's really going on in a home because they are so reactionary. And typically when their behavior is very reactionary and very high and and they are struggling to um, to manage themselves, it's usually an indication of something that isn't quite copesthetic elsewhere. So I have parents moms predominantly come to me and say, you know, I'm having troubles with my child. Their behavior is disrespectful and rude and this, that, and the other thing. They've got this whole list of things. And as we begin to talk about what's going on, and as I begin to learn about them and I learn about their upbringing, then we begin to see patterns of behavior that start to make sense. If we do not require our children to talk to us with respect, to interact with us, with us, with respect. If we are not talking to them in a certain way, if they see us being very rude and disrespectful to other people in authority, we are not going to model things for our children that we are then actually wanting them to have. So here's one of the interesting things. You heard this undertone a lot in these interviews, and I can attest to seeing this happen so very often. We are not raising children. We're raising human beings. We are raising adults. And if we want our children to grow up to be adults that have certain characteristics, who model certain behaviors, who know how to deal with adversity in a way that's healthy. Well, they have to learn that from somewhere. And if we are not modeling those things ourselves, it's highly unlikely that our children are actually going to have those things. So I walk moms through this process of reverse engineering, basically. I'm raised by two engineers, and so we very commonly talk about engineering. Uh, but there's reverse engineering, beginning with the end in mind, having an idea and a vision for our children and what we want for them. What skills are they going to need to have in life in order to manage adversity and difficulties and to know how to have tough conversations, how to maybe not take everything personally, how to respond and not be reactionary. If those are things that we value and we want our children to know, we have to really take an honest look in the mirror and make sure that we're actually modeling those things. Because if we're not, most likely our children are not going to have the skill set that we would hope that they would have. One of the things that was really heartbreaking about talking and interacting with these moms is that very often they were devastated because they felt so much shame and guilt because they said, I told myself, I promised myself that I would never allow what happened to me to also happen to my child. Here's the interesting thing. When trauma, when abuse in a background is swept under the rug and we think that it doesn't really affect us, we miss the very signs that are before us 
that we actually really need in order to help protect our children. And so many moms have come to me and needed help to figure out what do I do? How do I work the background that I come from to be sure that I am not missing opportunities to teach my children things that I really want? How do I be sure that I have boundaries and healthy expectations? How do I bond with my child in such a way that is going to yield a relationship down the road that I'm going to be thankful and proud of? That's a really big one. If you've heard anything in all of those interviews, I hope that you have heard this. Your relationship with your child is actually one of the most critical, important parts of all of this. It isn't about how you do time out. It's about the relationship that you have with them. And that does mean boundaries and it does mean consequences. It does mean healthy things like that. But it's about what you do with the relationship. It's the time you spend with them. It's the interaction. It's the life um, conversations that you have with them. It's listening, not preaching, but listening to them. So what I do in Chaos to Calm, coaching and consulting, the company that I own, is I work with moms a little bit individually and then eventually in a group setting. And you heard Kathy talk about just today about why group, a group setting can be so important. But I work with moms and do something that's similar to TFCBT, which is what I do with with children, trauma-focused cognitive behavior therapy. What we are doing is trying to identify what are the things that are triggering you the most? What are the problem areas that you are struggling with? What is causing you to jump up to here real quick and is really causing a high level of emotion so that you cannot in that moment logically respond? You're just reactionary. What are those triggers? We all have them. We all do. What are they? And where would that be coming from? How can I do that differently? And what I began to see mom say is, oh, wow, I had no idea that actually that is what I've seen all my life. Well, no wonder I'm repeating it. I didn't even realize. So there's this thing I call a parenting default system. What we do know is that you've never been a parent before, but you've been parented. And unknowingly, we develop a default system. So when we don't know what to do or we're not really intentional about something, we revert back to the default system. Very often, that isn't serving us well. It didn't serve us well back then, and it's not serving us well now. And so we look at what that default system is. Where did that come from? And it's not to place blame. It's to understand, because when we can begin to understand where something comes from, we then can begin to make some sense of it, create new patterns, make different meaning out of it, give a different story, as Jenny Runkle talked about, and we create a new way, a new path. We make new decisions, 
And I think it was Catherine Hickam said, we can actually receive so much healing in our own lives when we parent our children in a different way than we've been parented. There can be so much healing in that because you take your power back, especially for those of you who come from a background of abuse. You get to take your power back and you can say, there's a possibility that my parent didn't know any better. They're a product of their environment too, oh, by the way. And I can reclaim my future and my relationship with my children because I can do it differently. And therefore, there's healing that happens in that. So we can make a choice. We can just repeat or we can decide to change what is happening from today forward. We can learn new skills. We can make different decisions. We can listen to other parents. We can see ourselves in their story and learn from them. We can do work on our own self to recognize this is where that's coming from. Here's the thing I believe. If we are always operating up here, really stressed, lots of anxiety, lots of depression, lots of daily stress. And one thing kind of happens, you know, life, life just happens. And we're up 10 degrees. We've just blown it. And we're just, it's catastrophe, right? But if we can bring down our daily amounts of stress, if we can feel confident in what we're doing with our children, we have an end in mind. We have a vision for what we want for our children, and we are working towards that. Our confidence starts to build. We may not have all the skills yet, but our confidence is building because we're building our skills and we're learning some new ways to parent and be in relationship with our children. And therefore, our confidence is building and our stress goes down. So that when life happens and we're up 10 degrees, we're still safe. We're still in a good place. Up here, one of the reasons that I have found that parents find themselves so highly stressed and highly reactionary is also interesting. It's coupled with a lot of insecurity. They don't feel confident in what they're doing. As a parent, they haven't had good modeling in their background. They don't have a mentor. They don't have coaching. They don't have a skill set that's needed for the circumstance that they've had, that they have right then. And therefore, there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of lack of confidence, a lot of insecurity. So when you have more, more security and a vision and an end in mind and less stress, you're down here. That allows us to make better decisions and not be reactionary. I talk a lot to my children, my four children. I have used sports to talk to them a lot about emotionally reacting or logically responding. You are not going to do both of them at the same time very well. You're going to have to pick or choose one or the other. And sports provides lots of great opportunities for that. Not only have I been a parent of athletes and am a parent of athletes, but I have also been the cross country and track coach for my children. And it has been an incredible journey and an incredible opportunity to talk to them about the difference between those two things. 
You are not going to make good decisions when you are emotionally reacting all the time. You're just not. We've got to get that over here to logically responding. You're going to make better decisions there. You're going to be able to have relationships there that are more meaningful, that are healthy. You're going to recognize healthier relationships from that position. And you can guide your children to do the same. That's what we do in Chaos to Calm is begin to recognize where's the triggering, where's the high level of emotion, what's true, what's sending us out of space real quick. And we begin to look and try to figure out where is that coming from and how can we work that and pivot that so that we ourselves are in a better place and we can work our relationship with our children from a better position. I love some of the stuff that Brene Brown talks about in um, her book, Daring Greatly. Uh, She has a chapter called Wholehearted Parenting. And she says who we are and how our children see us interacting with the world is a much greater predictor of who they will become than what we say. And oftentimes the little parenting things that we think we're doing. (laughs) the seven minutes of time out and all of that, who we are and how our children see us interacting with the world is a greater predictor of who our children will become than most anything else we do. And so I want you to know that there is hope and there are options to learning to do it differently. There is no perfect parenting. You didn't, there's no perfect background and you're not going to be perfect. That's okay. Your children don't need perfect because you remember how several of the speakers said, if there was such a thing and we were perfect parents, we would actually be doing our children a disservice because they would have no skills for the life that they are going to have, which is imperfect. They're not going to know how to deal with adversity. They're not going to know how to get back up. They're not going to know what to do when they fall or fall apart. And so being perfect isn't a requirement. What is, is that we are trying and that we are recognizing and we are willing to look at the mirror in our own face and say, I may not have had it perfect here. That's okay. I am going to make a different decision. I have what it takes because you do. You have what it takes to pivot some things, make some different decisions and parent your children. It's never too late in a way that you are going to be so proud of. And you can develop relationships with them, even as adults, that you will be so proud of. I hope that you have found the last 14 days to be life-changing. I believe that there are so many resources that I have just laid out for you um, with all of these speakers. If you even just used a small portion of them, you are going to be better than you found yourself starting off. 
It's never too late. Take advantage of the resources that these speakers and authors and therapists have offered to you. So many of them have given you free PDFs and free resources in, in a variety of ways. And if you resonate with them, contact them, read their books, go get their material so that you can learn from them. And if you need one-on-one -on -one help, so many of them offer that. I do too. And we all do it in a variety of different ways. But I want you to know that there is hope. There is help. It is never too late. You are not ruined. And you can parent very, very well. Your chaos can be transformed into calm. You do not have to put up with the chaos. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for joining us for the past 14 days. I am honored that you would have spent your time, which is one of the most valuable things you could ever give is your time. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. And I hope to hear from you. Bye-bye.